This morning we're going to be in two passages of Scripture. I'm going to read Matthew chapter number 28, uh, the end of that chapter as we have been for the last several weeks, but then we're going to spend uh, most of our time in the book of 2 Corinthians this morning. Uh, And so uh, you can turn to both passages if you'd like, or if you'd just like to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, I will read Matthew chapter 28 Uh, verse 19 and 20, Uh, and then we'll turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Let me remind you while you're turning to be here tonight, uh, our 6 o'clock service. We always have a great time on Sunday night. Tonight, as I just mentioned a few moments ago, we'll be uh, taking the Lord's Supper. That's always a special time, and I would encourage you to be here for that this evening. Uh, We have been, for several weeks now, uh, speaking on the subject of the Great Commission Uh, and uh, I believe it's been a help to us. I believe today will be a help to us. I'm going to continue to speak on this subject for the weeks to come, um, but because uh, I do believe that it is something that needs to be emphasized in our churches once again, uh, which which really is kind of odd to say, uh, seeing that it is what Christ commissioned the church to do. Uh, But it needs to be the emphasis, and I believe it's good for us to be reminded of it. And today, I believe, will be a help to us as the past weeks have. So Matthew chapter number 28, uh, we'll read verse 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. I'll remind you very quickly what the Great Commission is. It's to win them, baptize them, disciple them. Uh, Three parts of the Great Commission. And Christ, as he was resurrected from the dead, uh, he assembled the church together. He gave that commission to his institution and commissioned them to go into all the world and to preach the fact that Christ had risen again. After salvation, baptize them, to identify with Christ, identifying with His church, then to teach them the things of the Lord so they can grow as a child of God, to disciple them so that then they can go and then they can give the gospel, win others to Christ, and then repeat that same process. That is Christ's plan to reach the world. And quite frankly, that plan will still work today if we will follow His commands. He gives them uh, that commission. I want to read, first of all, one verse from 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. I'll read verse number 20, then we'll have a word of prayer. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. I want you to notice the first part of verse 20 of 2 Corinthians 5. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. This morning, I want to speak on this subject, the ambassadors of the Great Commission. The ambassadors of the Great Commission. Father, we need you today. Uh, Spirit of God, I need your help. I need your liberty, your power today. Father, we as your church, uh, we need to be reminded of how important that commission is. We need to be reminded that literally heaven and hell is at stake. And Father, I pray that as we hear the word of God today, that we would take note of uh, the instruction that is given. May we be reminded of the importance of the task ahead of us. Father, no doubt as the message is given today, the gospel is going to be given. I pray if there's one unsaved, may they realize their need of a Savior. May they trust Christ today. And Father, may we be reminded of 
the purpose of the church, the purpose that we have in the church. And uh, Father, may the results of this message this morning, may uh, Christians consecrate themselves to a greater work for you. And Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I've reminded you very quickly what the Great Commission is. It is to win, baptize, and to teach. We, as we've seen in Matthew 28 for several weeks, and again this morning, Christ, before He ascends to heaven, He gives that commission. We've called it the Great Commission. It is the greatest task that the church has. Uh, I believe in, in, in fellowship, but that is not the greatest task the church has. The greatest task is the Great Commission. We fellowship to strengthen ourselves, but so that we can go forth with the Great Commission. That is the purpose of the church. Uh, It is called a Great Commission because we are commissioned. It is what we are supposed to do as the church. It's very simple to and very easy to connect the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, with 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 20. Jesus, ascend, is, after he gives that commission, it ascends to heaven. You can go to Acts chapter number 1, which will not take time to do this morning, and you can read of the account of Jesus again assembling there and giving them in a sense the same commission, but wording it in a different way to go into uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world, and then he ascends to heaven. As he ascended into heaven to take his place on the right hand of the Father, did he leave unconcerned about lost souls? No. Was his, his task was done as far as making the way of salvation, but certainly Jesus made the way of salvation for every man who had ever lived and every man who ever would live. But he left and went to heaven because he had commissioned his church to do what he would do if he had stayed and not gone back to heaven. In other words, we are his ambassadors. The church serves as his ambassadors. I'll give you a simple definition of what an ambassador is. It is a minister of the highest rank employed by one prince, or uh, one prince or uh, state to manage the affairs of the prince or state, representing the power and dignity of his sovereign. He is that emissary, that ambassador, representing the office, the king, representing uh, the, the, the government, if you will, the state, and he represents the power and the dignity. That ambassador is not the king, but he represents the king. That ambassador is not the, 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 um, uh, the king or the, or the ruler or the president or the country, but he carries with him the dignity and the power and the word of that which he represents. Now, we see that Christ commission the church as his ambassadors, meaning you and I represent Christ. If we would just be reminded of this today, I think we could have revival in our churches. Get back to the point of who we, who we represent, who we're supposed to represent in this world. Uh, he, he commissioned us as his ambassadors. Uh, what are the expectations 
as ambassadors. Let me remind you before we get into the crux of the message this morning, the ambassador does not have his own agenda. The ambassador does not have the mindset, it's my life, I'll do what I want to with it. The ambassador uh, doesn't have the mindset, well, I know that I'm saved, but this is what I want for my life. No, the ambassador represents the one who has sent him. In Christ commissioned the church. Christ gave the command to the church. The ambassador doesn't go to where he has been sent and then say, well, I think there's a, a different message that needs to be given. No, he only represents that which he has been sent to represent. Now, let's look at several things this morning. I want you to give me your mind this morning because there's, so, there's some wonderful truths and some important truths we're going to see as the ambassadors of the Great Commission. We have seen over the past several weeks, and, and we're reminded this morning of the importance of fulfilling the Great Commission. There are people in this world that are just like you and I were before we trusted Christ. They're lost and on their way to a devil's hell, lost in their sins, where you and I would be if we had not trusted Christ as our Savior. We need to be reminded of that because sometimes as Christians, as we get removed from what Christ did for us, we, we fail to be reminded of the fact that we didn't do it for ourselves. We sit here today and we're somebody because we're a child of the King. But we were adopted. He chose us. It's not something that we could do or did do. It is because of the love and the grace and the mercy of the Almighty God. But we need to be reminded there's a world that needs what we were given. And so as we attempt as a church and as Christians to fulfill the Great Commission, we need to be reminded that we are the ambassadors. Do we really think that this government is going to represent Christ? Do we think that nations are going to represent Christ? No, it's the church that is to represent Christ. Let's look at a few things this morning that, about the ambassadors, and I think it will help us. Number one, as ambassadors of the Great Commission, we shine the gospel of Christ. Let's go back one chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. And I want to read verses 3 through 6 this morning. But if our gospel be hid... It is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I said, number one, as ambassadors of the Great Commission, we shine the gospel of Christ. Verse number three we read, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. It's a wonderful thing for God's people to be assembled on the Lord's day in the Lord's house. But there might be an exception or two to this this morning, somebody who's not got their salvation settled, but for the vast majority of people here, if not everyone, we have the gospel. We sing the songs about the old rugged cross because we're reminded of what Christ did for us. It's good for us to do that and to be encouraged and to assemble as the church. But if it is hid to those that don't have it, The Bible tells us the God of this world that blinded the minds in verse number 4, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, I should shine unto them. An ambassador who is commissioned by a 
king or a kingdom, it is obvious he represents the one who has commissioned him. As ambassadors of the Great Commission, we shine the gospel of Christ. We must realize this world is a dark world and a political revolution is not going to change it. The world going green is not going to change it. Saving the planet that God one day is going to burn up is not going to change it. All that is going to bring change to a dark world is the light of Christ. And it is our responsibilities as the ambassador of the Great Commission, the ambassador of Christ, is to shine the gospel of Christ. See, in order for us to preach Christ effectively, the light must shine in our own lives. Did you, did you hear what I just said? In order for us to preach Christ effect, effectively, the light must shine in our own lives. Could you imagine going to a doctor, and when you finally get into the doctor, you see the doctor, and he looks worse than you? And... Before you get that lecture of how you need to exercise and to eat better and all of that, you remember that he was at the all-you-can-eat buffet with you on Friday night. You're going to take good advice from somebody who's got the same bad habits as you do? We must let the light of Christ shine in us in a dark world. As ambassadors of the Great Commission, we shine the gospel of Christ. Friend, it's important that we remember who we represent. We remember we represent Christ as he commissioned us. The second statement I want to make this morning concerning the ambassadors of the Great Commission, as ambassadors of the Great Commission, we persuade men. Chapter number 5 in verse number 10, and then we'll get to verse 11. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Notice verse 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciousness. I said as the ambassadors of the Great Commission... We persuade men. That word persuade means to convince by argument or by reason offered or by evidence presented. Now, we are to persuade men. It is something that we are to engage men in that conversation. Friend, Jesus died, was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He went to the cross of Calvary, paid for the sins of mankind, gave his life for man, rose victorious from the tomb three days later, having conquered death and hell. Well, we, we must persuade men to take their faith and, and, and move it from their own goodness and from, from their own works and from a church or from some other, some other institution and put it in what Christ did. We are to persuade them and enter into that argument with them, if you will, or reason with them from the Scriptures 
that you can keep the Ten Commandments and that will not save you. We are to persuade them and, 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 and enter that, that offer, that reason of, of Christ, what Christ has said, that you can try and live a good life, but that will never get you to heaven. That is something that we should be reminded as an ambassador. So how are we ambassadors? Yes, we can let the light of Christ shine in us, and every one of us should. But how are we going to truly be an ambassador if we're not trying to persuade men? Well, what is our motivation? You say, well, pastor, I just don't know if churches today have the motivation. Here's the problem. We have forgotten that there is a hell. We have forgotten that there is a judgment day. We have forgotten, as the scripture says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. Our God is a good God. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loved the world so much that he sent his son to pay their sin debt, to provide a way of salvation. But let's not overlook the fact that God is a holy God. God is a just God. And every man that rejects Christ one day is going to stand before that great white throne of judgment that the book of Revelation talks about. And if they never knew Christ, they will be cast into a devil's hell to pay for their sins for all of eternity. Now that makes the lost uncomfortable. And sometimes that makes Christians uncomfortable. But it's the truth. You know why Christ commissioned us? Because judgment day is coming. Do you know why the church needs to quit being distracted from politics and from play and from, from appeasing the conscience of backslidden Christians? Because the terror of the Lord is a real thing. Hell is a real place. And those that die without Christ will pay for their sins for all of eternity. Knowing the terror of the Lord, the future judgment. There is a future judgment. There should be an urgency about the church. There should be an urgency from that institution that Christ commissioned to fulfill the great commission. Knowing the terror of the Lord. There's a judgment day coming. There's a judgment day coming for every man who rejects Christ. Well, as an ambassador, we must be reminded that our responsibility is to persuade men. And, and, and I think it would be, we'd have a revival in our country if preachers just once, got up once in a while and just mentioned the fact that there is a hell. If you've got to have Christ or you're going to go there to pay for your sins, you can't work your way out of it. You can't buy your way out of it. It's a real place. Sin still offends God. No matter how man wants to justify it, we are lost in our sin without Christ because there is a judgment day coming. We must persuade men. If you're here this morning and you've never got your salvation settled and you feel uncomfortable by what I'm saying, this is me trying to do my best to persuade you and for the Spirit of God to convict you and something inside of you is telling you whether you like what he's saying or not, what he's saying is the truth. What he's saying is fact. That God is going to hold man accountable for his actions. We must persuade men. Well, that's why it's important to be part of the Great Commission. 
It's our job as an ambassador. You realize that when, when a government, a kingdom, a king would send an ambassador into another country, that that ambassador is only there to fulfill the desires of the one who sent him. And that king is not concerned about what goes on in that far country. He has his own agenda in mind. You are there on behalf of me. And friend, too many times, God's people get distracted. And we need to be reminded that our responsibility is to persuade men. This philosophy today that's in our churches of uh, this Joel Osteen mindset, uh, Osteen mindset that has creeped in even to Baptist churches, they just tell everybody, you're doing okay, and this is your best life now. Friend, you better know Christ. You better have salvation. We're to persuade men because the terror of the, of the Lord is a real thing. There's an urgency. See, Pastor, why are you pushing us to double our church this year? Because the terror of the Lord. You mean he's going to do something to us if we don't, we don't double? No, it just means people are going to die and go to hell if they don't get the gospel. It means we need more people involved. If you're visiting our church and you're wondering if this is the kind of church you want to be a part of, we're a church that understands the urgency of that we'll never have an opportunity to live this day again. We understand the urgency that as we, we look at things that are going on in our country and our world, and if you study the scripture, the time of Christ's return is, is imminent. It is at hand. It could be at any moment. We realize and we will rejoice. It, we want Jesus to come back today. Wouldn't it be great if he came back right now and he could come back at any time? So there ought to be an urgency with that coworker you work with that does not know Christ. There ought to be an urgency of that loved one who does not know Christ. There ought to be an urgency of our neighbors who do not know Christ because the time is coming. The terror of the Lord is real. And as an ambassador, I have to persuade. And part of that persuasion is you must let people know Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. I say number three this morning. As ambassadors of the Great Commission, we are ministers of reconciliation. Verse number 19. Well, let's, let's go back to verse 14. I'll read down to verse 19 of 2 Corinthians 5. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then we're all dead. That he died for all, and they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Great verse. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. There, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. As ambassadors of the Great Commission, we are ministers of reconciliation. He hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. 
I remind you, we read it in verse 14 of this chapter, for the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we are all dead. Jesus died for all. You know why? Because man cannot save himself. Because man is dead in his own sins. And the fact that we are all sinners means that the whole world was alienated from God. When God created man, he created that paradise and put man in that paradise and said, have dominion over the world. And man sinned. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, we inherited our sin nature. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Let me tell you what we all are. We're all sinners. But there's two kind, and they're not good sinners and bad sinners. There's saved sinners and unsaved sinners. There's forgiven and the unforgiven. But we're all sinners. And this passage of Scripture reminds us that a lost world is alienated from God. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful thing as a Christian to know that God is your heavenly Father. It's a wonderful thing to know that you're in the care of the Almighty God. You want security? How about being in the hand of God? No man can pluck you out. That's security. But to be lost in our sins and have a world that is lost... They are alienated from God. There are people who use the name of God, but they are alienated from God. I believe you can, and I'll use the term churches loosely this morning, there are people who fill churches, and if they died today in their lost condition, they would discover that they're alienated from God. The Bible tells us hell is a place of torment. Suffering. The Bible also tells us that we are alienated from God forever. Even this lost world doesn't understand the benefits they get from a benevolent God. The whole world was alienated from Him. It was not man who sought reconciliation, but it was God who sought reconciliation. It was not the offender who came to God and said, let me reconcile. Boy, th think about this for a moment. It was God who was the offended, who came to man, the offender, and said, here's a way of reconciliation. Friend, you won't find anywhere in this Bible that, that living a good life will get you reconciliation. You won't find anywhere in this Bible that being a Baptist will get you reconciliation. 
But what you will find is that through Christ you can have reconciliation. Reconciliation. Sinners are reconciled and brought into a state of favor with God. Another word is the atonement. Pastor, you real, you, you will, you, I'm supposed to believe that, that even though somebody does some horrible things, that they can be in good favor with God through reconciliation, yes. Through the atonement, through the shed blood of Christ. That forgiveness of sins. And friend, as an ambassador, we have given, been given that responsibility. This world needs to be reconciled to God. And sometimes we get accused and sometimes we get defensive. It's like, well, you just want to make everything about God and everything about the church. And you just want to get this nation back to a Christian nation. No, we don't want to do that. We want the world to serve Christ. You know, I've been accused, well, you just, you just want to change, you, 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 you want to reach Jacksonville. I do. That's just the starting point. We have a responsibility to preach a message to the world. I am here as an ambassador saying to man, reconcile to God. The purpose of the Emmanuel Baptist Church is, yes, to strengthen us and to, to grow us and to have a place so that we we can identify with Christ through baptism, and we can grow <coughs> in the Word of God, but it is a place where we are concerned with man knowing that you can be reconciled to him. Well, if you're reminded this morning, if, if, if the Great Commission is, a, is an important thing, obviously, <coughs> but as an ambassador, if we'll remember that, it should certainly change our perspective and our importance. For we're ambassadors of the Great Commission, we are, we are ministers of reconciliation. That's not just the pastor, that's the people as well. We all have a responsibility. I'll give you number four, and we're through this morning. As ambassadors of the Great Commission, we are to go in Christ's stead. Let's look again at verse number 20. Now, when we are ambas- now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. There's a couple of phrases in this verse that I want us to see. First of all, in Christ's stead. We said number four is ambassadors of the Great Commission, we're to go in Christ's stead. Think back to Matthew chapter 28 as Christ has been resurrected. He has uh, identified himself to some of his followers, and now there's a group that have assembled, and he gives that Great Commission to. He commissions them to win the lost, to baptize them, to train them, to teach them. We are ambassadors. What does that mean? That we are doing this in his stead. Why? He leaves and goes back to sit at the right hand of the Father. He has commissioned us with that task. Let this sink in. In his Stead. See, Pastor, if Jesus was here and he, he came and, and he showed us his nail-scarred hands and, and, and we, we, we could see him and hear him say, he chose not to do it that way. 
He said, in my stead, you go. What a thought that the Son of God would put in the hands of His children, His church, the responsibility of taking the gospel to their fellow man. In my stead, I, I would go tell your neighbor, but you go instead of me. I would tell your family member, you go instead of me. What an awesome responsibility. What an urgent command. What an urgent thing you and I should have, the weight of that. In other words, do what Jesus is saying, do what I would do. That's the standard for which you and I should deal with the Great Commission as an ambassador in His stead. Christ would not get distracted by the things of the world. Well, it should remind us, it's like, well, it's not just us, it's the institution of the church that Christ commissioned us to, but He commissioned us to do something in His stead. Think just with me just for a moment. Has Christ done anything for you and I in our stead? When he was on that cross, he was there for you. Let's be honest this morning. You should have been on Calvary. I should have been on Calvary. It should have been our hands and feet that were nailed to that cross. It should have been our suffering. Christ went in our stead. You and I deserve to face the terror of the Lord. You and I deserve to go to a devil's hell and pay for our sins for all of eternity. That's what we deserve. But Christ went in our stead. With that thought in mind, why is it that Christians think it's too much for Christ to ask for us to go in His stead and tell somebody else that Christ stood in our stead? And we as the Christians say, Pastor, that's, that's just not for me. That's for somebody else. As an ambassador, we are to go in His stead. We don't complain when we think about what Christ did for us and he, he was in our stead and paid our sins and paid our hell. But when Jesus then says, I'm commissioning you, you be an ambassador, you go in my stead and tell a lost world that I paid the sin debt for them, that they can have forgiveness, that, that salvation is available, they can be reconciled back to God through my shed blood. Why is it that many times we as those ambassadors, we fail to understand that we've been asked by Christ in His stead to tell somebody what Christ did for us. Are you saved this morning? Let me see your hand. It's as simple as finding somebody who's not and telling them what Jesus did for you. Why would we not want to share that news 
Well, I'm embarrassed. You think an ambassador is embarrassed of the king that sent him? Well, they might, you know, you know I, might, I might get ostracized. You, th- you think that matters to an ambassador who's on behalf of the king? They realize the honor. The king of everybody he could choose, he chose me to go send this message. And that's the way we should look at it as his church. Is Christ could do it himself, but he chose us to go in his stead. I want you to also notice the phrase in verse number 20, as though God did beseech you by us. When we, as an ambassador, go in his stead and tell a lost world what Christ did for them, we're reminded as though though God did beseech you by us. It is God who's giving the message through us. It is God speaking through us. This is a reminder for you and I that we are on the authority of God. We have the message the world needs to hear. We are in His stead. And friend, this morning, if you're not saved, you say, well, I just, I, I've never heard a preacher say some of the things. I, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of God this morning as His mouthpiece in this hour to, to remind men that hell is a real place and the only way to escape it is through forgiveness of our sins through the shed blood of Christ. It is on God's behalf. And friend, when you approach somebody and you feel impressed, whether you're, you're knocking on a stranger's door or, or you're talking to somebody that you, that you may work with or live next to and, and you feel impressed to speak to them about their eternal soul, understand something, you are an ambassador of Christ. You're speaking as if God is speaking himself. As though God did beseech you by us, there's going to be a world, and I've given this counsel to young men who God has put into smaller towns and smaller places, and it just seems like it's hard, and it seems like, and I remind myself of this, even here in Jacksonville, there's going to be a lot of people who stand before God having rejected Christ. And they're going to say, you didn't warn me, you didn't send me, you didn't tell me. He's going to remind them of a time that they were in a church just like this one. And a pastor stood and preached that you must be born again. Maybe that excuse will be, well, that wasn't you. And he'll remind them they were sent by me to say what I would have said if it had been me. And on that this morning, if you're not for certain that you're saved, there'll be no excuse that God considers for rejecting His Son. The gospel message is God speaking through us. Let me conclude this morning. If you've never been saved, be reconciled to God. You can't be reconciled to God by joining a church. You can't be reconciled to God by renouncing anything. You are are reconciled to God through Christ. The challenge this morning to the church is to embrace the responsibility of an ambassador. Think about this for a moment. We, as a nation, have ambassadors. 
they go, and it's much different than the context of centuries in the past, but they go and they're that representation of the government. They're that, they go and they're the representation of, of the United States of America in another country. If an ambassador fails to live up to the task that he has been tasked with, he's recalled. He's fired. Why is that? Because there's expectations that come with it. If we read a headline about an ambassador who is, has no interest in advancing the agenda of the United States of America, has no interest in advancing the message that which he's been sent, we would not be very pleased with that, or we shouldn't be. Why is it today that the church thinks it's okay? When we have been commissioned to be an ambassador of Christ, to not fulfill the responsibility to which we have been given. My challenge this morning to God's church is to embrace the responsibilities of being an ambassador. I am an ambassador of heaven. So are you. I represent not a king, but the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I represent the highest authority that there is. And I'm reminded of what we're reminded of at the end of verse 20 of Matthew chapter number 28. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end. We have a power that is with us. And friend, I'm not waiting on a political revolution. I'm just being very forthright and forthcoming. It's my desire as the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church to do everything that I can to advance God's kingdom. I'm not here, and you can take this however you want to take it, I'm not here to advance the agenda of the Republican Party. I'm here to advance the agenda of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here to advance, I'm not here to advance the agenda of some religious organization. As the pastor of his local church, I believe God's people are to be ambassadors of Christ. We are in his stead, preaching his message, his gospel. Why? Because we ought to be persuading men. There's an urgency there. The terror of the Lord is real. We should not be concerned with anything other than advancing his cause. Father, I pray this morning that we'd be reminded of